Hello. Hello. How goes it? It's going, going. All is well. It's a lovely uh, Sunday. Um, well, is it afternoon right now? Yeah, Sunday afternoon. It is. It is. Uh, here in LA, we're having um, like, I think we, well, I know that we had rain most of this week, but then it's turned into just kind of very pleasant, um, you know, spring weather. So it's like clear and sunny, but cold and brisk. So it's my favorite. Awesome. Yeah. How about you guys? Um, well, again, I haven't spent much time outside, but it's been lovely, a little on the warm side. I went out one day last week and I had on a sweater. And I was burning it because like eighty degrees, and um, uh, oh, wow. a little bit. But you know, according to um, <clears throat> very nice outside, so their neighborhood did a little parade. They did a parade. Like everybody was like people were in their golf carts going down the street. Kids were riding their bikes. So you know, far apart. Far apart. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, a parade? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> so, yeah, just you know, the neighborhood, you know, people to get out to see other people not be very close to each other. And then, you know, got some sidewalk chalk and mm. drawing in the driveway. So, perfect. He's having a one. Mm-hmm. I've been inside, um, you know, after just. Eating, laying about mm-hmm. on top shelf. That's what I've been doing with my day and preparing for this podcast. There you go. Yeah, there's like nothing but time for you to prepare. Yeah, I stayed up very, very late last night. Until uh, the uh-huh. about later, we binge watched Tiger King last night. Oh, I've been seeing people post about that. I'm not so sure about it. Is it does it have to do with animals getting mistreated? Um That's in there, but that's kind of like the lesser part of the story. It's from the same people who did the whale movie. The whale movie. Yeah, is it Blackwater or something like that? Do you remember? Oh, that one was yeah, and that was the that was all about the the whales being yeah. So this abused. is abused, and it started out about that, I think, and it morphed into more of like the people. And like I said, I'll get to that in Viral Box, but oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah, people are talking about it, but I've stayed away from it because you know I can't, I can't do that kind of stuff. <clears throat> I can't watch anything where animals are getting, I could, like I guess, 
It makes me very sad. So, no, like, no, it's, I think you, well, see, I'm not as sensitive to that, but I think you would be fine. You have to see it because we have to talk about this. I mean, have to talk about this. Uh, um, no. Yeah, you'll be fine. You can do it. I don't think so. Yeah. Ah, enough. What's your story, Missy? What's my story? Girl, what's everybody's story? Um, I hope, find another story. About girl, when I tell you that I've, on my Apple News, I've like scoured everything. Even when you go to politics, the story is the same story. Like when you go, break it down by category. If you go into travel, the story is the same story. Like there's literally nothing else being covered in the news media right now um so sorry um the news is what it is so for newsworthy today um i've I've tried to find a few different things so starting off with um this is interesting and um just um mysterious now so far i'm only finding one source for this story and it's out of npr um and this was, um, I actually saw this first on Friday. Um, and the title is Mystery in Wuhan, Recovered Coronavirus Patients Test Negative, Then Positive. Have you seen this? Yes. Okay. So the uh, byline is by Emily Fang and Amy Chang. And again, NPR, uh, it says a spate of mysterious second time infections is calling into question the accuracy of COVID-19 diagnostic tools, even as China prepares to lift quarantine measures to allow residents to leave the epicenter of its outbreak next month. It's also raising concerns of a possible second wave of cases. So um, in Wuhan, from March 18th to the 22nd, they reported no new cases of the virus through domestic transmission that is infection passed on from one person to another. The achievement was seen as a turning point in the efforts to contain the virus, which has infected more than 80,000 people in China. Wuhan was particularly hard hit with more than half of all the confirmed cases in the country. But some Wuhan residents who had tested positive earlier and then recovered from the disease are testing positive for the virus a second time. Based on data from several quarantine facilities in the city, which house patients for further observation after their discharge from the hospitals, about 5 to 10% of patients pronounced, quote, unquote, recovered, have tested positive again. Some of those who retested positive appear to be asymptomatic carriers, those who carry the virus and are possibly infectious, but do not exhibit any of the illnesses associated symptoms, suggesting that the outbreak in Wuhan is not close to being over. Uh, NPR spoke with uh, by phone and exchanged text messages with four individuals in Wuhan who are part of this group of individuals testing positive a second time in March. All four said that they had been sickened with the virus and tested positive, then were released from medical care in recent weeks after the condition improved and they tested negative. Two of them are frontline doctors who were sickened after treating patients in their Wuhan hospitals. The other two are Wuhan residents. They all requested anonymity when speaking with NPR because those who have challenged the government's handling of the outbreak have been detained. One of the Wuhan residents who spoke to NBR exhibited severe symptoms during their first round of illness and 
was eventually hospitalized. The second resident displayed only mild symptoms at first and was quarantined in one of more than a dozen makeshift treatment centers erected in Wuhan during the peak of the outbreak. But when both were tested a second time for the coronavirus on Sunday, March 22nd, as a precondition for seeking medical care for unrelated health issues, they tested positive for the coronavirus, even though they exhibited none of the typical symptoms, such as fever or dry cough. The time from their recovery and release to the retest ranged from a few days to a few weeks. So the question is, could that second positive test mean a second round of infection? Virologists think it is unlikely that a COVID-19 patient could be reinfected so quickly after recovery, but caution that it is too soon to know. Uh, Under its newest COVID-19 prevention guidelines, China does not include in its overall daily count for total and for new cases, those who retest positive after being released from medical care. China also does not include asymptomatic cases in their case counts. Um, So... The story goes on further in detail about that, but that's crazy, right? Like Mm -hmm. the, this idea that, um, that you might go from being, you know, infected and and symptomatic and looking and then testing negative and then somehow, um, coming back and testing positive. So I don't know if that's an issue with the test or if it's like some strange, like, other mutation of the virus, you know? I think it could be either one of those, because I was thinking, I mean, honestly, when it comes to China and their reporting, I don't see right. them as being very forthcoming and, you know, truth-telling, necessarily. No, they have not been, what they're saying, uh, have not been very transparent. Yes, thank you. Very good work. So, <coughs> we'll take everything that they say with a grain of salt, but this, you know, being the four people that kind of came out, um, it makes me think because, like, because it's a novel virus, you don't, no one knows, right? Um, and then you know the testing that was kind of like a rush to get, you know, a test mm-hmm. for, you know, this especially right. in mass for China. But mm-hmm. I'm sure that there were some um, margin of error in, you know, the results of the test. I'm sure so it could be one or the other or both so right be, you know for us to see, so. yeah it's it's um it is uh definitely too new to i think make any hard and fast conclusions about other than we need to just be cautious <laughs> because we don't know like we have no idea right. <clears throat> or at least we don't have you know, we don't have full information. We have lots of different ideas and not like a full picture. Right. Um, and I, and I don't think we'll have a full picture, um, for a while. Like it's just, it's too new. Yeah. Um, so, which leads me to my next segue to my next article, which is, um, out of Fox news by Ron Blitzer. Um, it's, um, from today, uh, March 29th. And it says, uh, Johns Hopkins doctor identifies, Five major condition, five major conditions for relaxing social distancing. So this guy, his name is Dr. Thomas Ingalls, Inglesby, out of John Hopkins, um, and he uh, warned that the U.S. is still at the beginning of the coronavirus outbreak, and outlined five conditions that must be met before the country should consider relaxing social distancing practices. 
he noted that a lot of the necessary information remains unknown, which is what we just said, which makes it hard to predict a date for this, but pointed to the need for greater resources for medical professionals and signals, and I'm sorry, for, for medical professionals and signs of fewer cases in at least part of the country as necessary factors before life starts to get back to normal. So this is a quote from him. He says, when we see a state or region have numbers that go down over time, and when we have diagnostics in place, and when we have masks available for all of our doctors and nurses who are putting their lives at risk to take care of sick patients, and hospitals are well prepared, and when we can get our public health system in place to start tracing or identifying individuals and start tracing their contacts, again, like they do in Asia, I think those five major conditions, then I think it's time to begin to think about how we might experiment with lightning social distancing, perhaps one step at a time. Based on what has happened elsewhere, Ingles Inglesby said, um, we may have a better grasp of the situation in another two weeks. He says, at that point, I think we could begin to look for the conditions that might make it safe to begin to lower our social distancing, but not until then. While more information may be available by then, however, Inglesby reinforced the need for social distancing as he believes the outbreak is still only in its early stages. He says, I think, unfortunately, we are still at the beginning of this outbreak and we should expect that to continue for some time and really focus on social distancing as one of our main interventions in trying to slow it. So he disagreed with President Trump's suggestion that certain parts of the country that have not been hit as hard should begin resuming normal life. At this point, he says, we are seeing numbers go up around the country pretty consistently. There isn't really any place in the country where we are seeing numbers go down. And we wouldn't expect to have, ha we wouldn't expect to have had enough time for social distancing to change the numbers. So I don't think we have had nearly enough time for these measures to take full effect. I mean, the um, isn't still available you know, right. to know who has it or not. So okay, that's just so annoying. Yeah. Like, yep, we're going to be back up in business by Easter. No, you don't know. No, sir. Oh, and did you see <laughs> the, um, I read this morning about CNN and some other news outlets who refused to broadcast his um, briefings live now. Oh, you know, I saw a little, I saw um, something in the headlines about that last, earlier this weekend, but I didn't, um, I didn't see anything else on it this morning. Because so they, are they, are they really not covering the White House briefings? They cover it when the doctors speak and the experts speak. <laughs> and they 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 cut. They're like because he gets up there and directly contradicts what they say. Right. And they're like, this is dangerous. Um mm. and we don't feel comfortable like <laughs> right. you know, doing that because like and they pointed to the couple or the person who passed away, or was it the two, where he said, um, some drug is, you know, can, you know, pretty much cure the disease. And these people used a version that's basically an aquarium cleaner and they died or like the, the husband died. And so no, said, no. And this is something that the president said in the media and they heard the president say this and they used this 
form. And they took his advice? Yes. And they were like, this is dangerous. We feel responsible for broadcasting this like and we we can you know like we can decide not to broadcast this or not and so they're like and you know not like just not live so they basically said not live like we will you know record it and like (laughs) do you know air what we want to of what he says and so um but they're like we will definitely they're like they feel that if he isn't given this platform um, in this way, which though this is so, <clears throat> that maybe he will stop doing these briefings and let the experts take the lead on this. Oh my word! Yeah, and it's you know like that's a rough one too because it's like you know like I hate to lean into like media like censorship of anything you know, um, and so like I understand the rationale and especially with regard to public safety um but it is like a scary step right <laughs> like a weird direction of like it is and I think you know, you know as liberals I think they're a little like this is uncharted territory <laughs> like, gosh yeah so they're um pretty much a lot most media outlets cut off except for Fox News he directly mm. contradicted everything that the experts were saying. Which I just don't understand. And then like, and then like, even the opposite, because one of the other stories that I was entertaining or just looking at, but I, I'm not, wasn't going to do in full, was the whole thing about, you know, so there's the CDC um, base, you know, w- working with Trump has uh, put in a travel advisory for New York and the, well, the tri-state area. Um, and um, but initially, he like said to the media, kind of in passing, before the decision was made to make it a um, to make it a travel advisory, a like very firm travel advisory, that um, we might just quarantine the tri-state area or whatever. And so, and that was almost like just the opposite, you know, like it was like, he like was starting off like super, like, you know, like a, a, a like enforced quarantine is a much bigger deal than a travel advisory. Right. Um, and governor Cuomo was like all, um, you know, up in arms because he was like, you know, saying that made may very well have made people panic. Like they were going to get like trapped in New York or New Jersey or wherever they are, like if they're not already from there or whatever, and like to like flee the city, only further spreading, you know, like kind of having the opposite effect, right. you know? Um, and then he walked it, you know, he didn't really walk it back. He just decided um, with um, with the CDC and working with Dr. Uh, Fauci um, to, um, to make it just a travel advisory or whatever. So it's almost like just like, it doesn't really matter like, it just seems like he's just always, President Trump is, like, continually just kind of, like, making commentary one way or the other, and none of it's ever, like, helpful. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, it's not, like... like... Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Do you have another story? I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, let me finish this one, because yeah. the last part of this is really important. He says, you know... Like, like you said, the president stated in some areas people would be able to go to work as long as they took social distancing precautions, blah, blah. But when asked about whether this could be effective, Inglesby pointed to Italy as evidence for why it would not work. And this is what he said. 
I don't think so. I think we've seen in Italy, for example, which is a number of weeks ahead of the U.S. in terms of its epidemic, that even with very serious, very aggressive social distancing measures where people have been kept at home, schools have been closed, everyone is recommended not to leave their homes, that this disease has continued to spread and is causing national crisis. So... Inglesby, Inglesby did say that when the situation sufficiently improved, some parts of the country could reopen sooner than others. Mm -hmm. So, again, I just think, you know, it's like just better safe than sorry. And, 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 I, and I think it's really important to continue to point to the example of Italy, um, which, unlike China, has been very transparent yeah. about everything that they have done, have not done, what they feel like they did right, what they feel like they did wrong. Um, and learn by their example. Like, we have the benefit of their example. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we should, um, you know, uh, take heed by, by what they've done. Um, so one last real strict, quick story related to all of this is the unprecedented um, government uh, bill that's been passed. Um, the stimulus, it's a... as. Part of it, it's the $2 trillion stimulus package. Um, and what it means is that Americans who make up to $75,000 will receive $1,200 checks plus $500 per dependent child. And the amount gradually decreases for incomes up to $99,000, at which point the payments cut off. Um, so uh, from this is an article from CBS News uh, from um, um, today, from this morning, by Melissa Quinn. Americans who are eligible to receive one-time payments as from the federal government as part of a massive coronavirus economic relief package will see that money deposited into their bank accounts within three weeks. Uh, and this is from Treasury, Treasury Secretary Stephen Manukin, Manukin, Manukin. Uh, <laughs> he says, we expect that within three weeks that people who have direct deposit with information with us, direct deposit information with us will see those direct deposits into their bank accounts and we will create a web-based system for people where we don't have their direct deposit. They can upload it so that they can get the money immediately as opposed to checks in the mail. Mm -hmm. Um. So obviously with, uh, and so I'm not going to go into this entire article. It goes into much more detail, but um, if, you know, if nothing else, I mean, that's like an unprecedented amount from of uh, relief that's being put out from the federal government for families. Obviously the economy is essentially shut down for all, most, you know, for all intents and purposes. Um, there's last week uh, the, we had a record, number of unemployment um, applications, new unemployment at 3.3 million um, applications. And so this is affecting everything. It's affecting not just, it's not just the inconvenience that people are feeling of having to stay home and not being able to um, socialize as normal, but it's also affecting um, people's uh, budgets and, um, you know, just everyone is worried about um, how it's going to affect their bottom line. Because, you know, if you're for some people are, you know, you're getting to work. I'm getting to work. I'm grateful for that. Um, but uh, a lot of people have jobs where you're per diem or you're a contract, you're an independent contractor. 
huh? or commission based. Yeah. Um, and then you have all the people that kind of, you know, all the uh, folks that are plugged into the gig economy where, which is also very much like, yeah. you know, service based. Um, so there's just, I mean, it's really like if you have like it, the only jobs that are really super secure is if you're in healthcare cause you're like on the front lines or whatever. Um, and then, um, and then also, you know, like government jobs mm-hmm. or unionized jobs where there's always a guarantee um, because of that's the union status or the, you know, government employee status. Um, but that's pretty much it. And that, I mean, that's, that's, that's a lot of people, but there's, that, there's also a whole lot of people who don't fall into that category um, and, um, and who are not considered essential in terms of the, the role that they play in those categories of essential uh, workers. So it's rough. Um, so, I mean, I honestly, like to me, like $1,200, I was like, that's great. Like, I mean, I'm not going to like, you know, I'm not going to turn it away, but um, yes. I'm also like, that's, I mean, $1,200 in LA and $1,200 someplace else, you know, like in the middle. Those are two different things. Those are two very different things. And, um, and it's something and I'm glad for it. Like, but it just, I just wonder, I don't know. It just, I feel like for, I mean, in LA, like most people's rent is, that's like a, that's barely like a month of rent for most people. Not, I mean, you know, yeah. Like, I mean, it's, if you have a $1,200 rent in LA, like like you're, like you're doing well, you've been living for 30 years. Okay. So that's in New York and yeah, like Alabama, even here, like it's totally $1,200 is going to hit differently. Yeah, $1,200 is going to hit a lot differently. So, um, and I just feel like if you're unemployed or like, you know, if you've had to file for unemployment or, you know, you're just not making the money that you normally make, like, sure, the $1,200 comes in handy, but like, it just depends how much you make. Like, certainly, you know, most people. Drop in the bucket. Yeah, it's just a drop in the bucket. To happen um, Mm -hmm. to make it survivable for other people to survive, so. Yeah. Yeah. It's so it's, it's fine. (laughs) I just, you know, I, I, it's, it's kind of crazy. So there's, I mean, like I said, there's really, there's a million different stories associated with the entire pandemic and pretty much everything is related to it. Um, the, the 2020 presidential campaign has taken like more than a back burner. Like they're not even on the stovetop at all. (laughs) Like there's no news about anything else. Um, and, um, and I mean, for good reason, like, this is a big deal. It's very serious. It's unprecedented. Um, and so, you know, we're going to hit, keep hitting home the same thing, like stay home, um, actually abide by the social distancing regulations, um, that have been set out, um, to help, to help keep this virus from moving. The virus can't move without host people to, to move, to jump from one person to the other. So if you social distance and stay home, then you can help contain the movement. Um, so we're the only one, that's the only thing that we have to be in charge of right now. Like we can't help what's going to happen with the economy just yet. Um, we can't, um, can only like, you know, the, the best thing that we can do is just um, keep 
ourselves safe and keep other people safe. Um, even this week, I did my, um, I had my grief counseling session with my therapist, and we did that on the phone. Um, and even though he was like willing to meet, he was like, do you want to come in? And I was like, no, like, I want to keep you safe. Like, I, you know, I don't you know. Are what... in hospital, like... Yeah, like, I was like, I work at a hospital. He knows that, you know, but I said, you know, I was like, no, you know, I just, it, it would, I would not feel right being exposed, being, um, have, you know, having you exposed to me, because I don't necessarily know what I have and haven't been exposed to. And I've right. I may very well be an asymptomatic carrier of this. Um, and so actually there's a thing I saw online today that was really good. And it said, um, it was just one of those um, Facebook posts, but it said, if the, if public health called you today and said that you've tested positive for COVID-19 and asked you to give a list of who you've been in, encountered with, um, over the past two weeks, um, how embarrassed would you be or not to, you know, make your list of people, you know? Um, and that's really how people should be thinking of it. It's like, that's, you know, like if, because ideally your list should just be the people that you live with. Like you shouldn't have like a laundry list of people that you've exposed um, potentially to, to the disease. So stay home and um and and just you know be be with the people that you you live with that may not always be easy <laughs> but it's, um it is what it is folks um do your part go out your room close the door yeah i mean <laughs> something positive. go to your yeah go 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 for a walk by yourself if you need a break um yeah. Yeah, you're allowed to go outside, just not. Oh, and that was another thing, you know, this week in L.A. on um, I think it was on Thursday, they um, they had to even further extend. I mean, they just keep having to further tighten up because people just don't understand. So the last weekend they had to say no public trails hiking trails, other, you know, like all these other things. Um, and then this week they had to close all the beaches and piers and everything because we were anticipating this good weather. It is like nice and sunny. It's not like beach weather per se, cause it's probably pretty cold at the beach right now, but it is nice and sunny. And so they were like, we cannot risk another weekend of people congregating at the beach, which is what they were doing last weekend just like showing up in droves at the beach <laughs> and it's like, no, that's not, that's not, this doesn't count as social distancing. If like there's a, you know, hordes of people hanging out. So they closed down all the beaches. Um, and there's some, um, it was interesting. They did some aerial footage yesterday and it seemed like most of the coastline was clear and empty and you didn't see anyone out. But girl, they went over to Newport Beach. And why do those people don't know how to act? Like, mm -hmm. there were people just, even though the beach was closed and the beach parking lots were closed, you know how, like, the beach, um, the beachfront stores have their own parking lot and then you have mm -hmm. the break and where the parking for the beach is, you know? Mm -hmm. So people were parking on the storefront end, which those, those stores were all closed, so that parking was, yeah. you know, so they're parking over there and still making their, and there was, like, 
group i mean they were like the groups of people were spaced like this group and then way over there this other group but the groups themselves like there was one group that was like 15 people and i was like y'all don't live together like <laughs> y'all not and they're just like huddled up on the beach i was like see and you know like, well, like we have things you are the kids that keep talking when the teacher said stop talking mm-hmm. or and have you know take minutes off of recess they're those people going you are the breakfast club where the principal said hey you want to keep going you want another week you want another week stop being jed nelson stop being jed nelson just cut it out like this is so stupid you guys like mm-hmm. you're not an exception to the rule you're not invincible um so so yeah, so yeah, the news remains the same, but that's all I have. Worthy <laughs> for us to think about others and not just ourselves, but let's give it a whirl. Let's try it out. Let's see how it. How it let's is. give it a whirl. Just you know, just try. Oh, Good grief! Right. Uh, what do you have? So viral Vox. So mm-hmm. again, mentioned all anyone is talking about this week is tiger king okay <laughs> and this is on netflix right it is on netflix i think it's like seven episodes they broke okay. it down um and about 40 minutes each or whatever but um there's a meme that's going around that i was like yep that about sums it up so do you know stefan the character on snl oh, describe him it's Bill Hader. He does the weekend update and he always talks about a club or something. He's like, okay, so the newest hotspot in New York is Club Silence. You know, it has everything. It has this, it has this. Anyway, he's uh-huh. like, cool. Anyway, so it's like a picture of him uh-huh. and kind of in his, well, the way that he like kind of describes a club or whatever. He's like, Tiger King has everything. <laughs> Tigers, lions, murder, a redneck, a gay redneck thruple, a one-armed lesbian, alligator arson, mullets, pizza made from expired Walmart meat, a zoo-based sex cult, a crazy cat lady, and country songs about tigers and gay love. Oh my word. That is everything. It has everything. Again, like, we started, we watched it just because we're like, okay, everybody's talking about it. There are all these memes. Like, what is happening? Like, what is going on right now? Uh-huh. Commentary that I've been getting from different segments of the population. I was just like, okay, let me, you know, like all very different people. And I actually um, started watching it. And my first reaction post on Facebook was, what am I watching? Like, what is this? Who are these people? Like, I have so many questions. Like, oh. apparently everyone got a big cat when they turned 17. I was like, I didn't know that that was a thing. I did not get a big cat when I was 17. <laughs> um, I didn't get a tiger. You I- didn't get a tiger? You missed out on your 17-year-old tiger? Yeah, I was just like a thing that happened. Like, I was like, I didn't know that this was a thing. And it was just, um again, like what documentaries do, expose you to um, a different segment of the population that you may not, or a new world that you may not be aware of, and (sighs) my word, um, we were just, what? Huh? 
I don't understand. No, 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 no. So yeah, it was like, <laughs> God, no. Like everything that could happen. So like I said, it, it became a little less like the animals became like secondary to the people. Cause all these people were wacky bananas. Like uh-huh. the point where you're like, it's about this, you know, the one guy, but all the other characters are insane. So, so wait, what does the one guy do? Like, what is the thing? He owned a um, <clears throat> cat, um, like a zoo, and so okay. he owned a, um, like a cat sanctuary, like a zoo. And he, you know, had the big cats there, and um, yeah. So it was kind of about him. Okay. But then it became more about all the other people. So I'm trying to, I thought I had this other meme kind of locked and ready. Um, but it was about, jeez, um, okay. I'm trying to get it from my friend's Facebook page because she posted it, but she posts a lot. So it's kind of hard to. <laughs> wow. <laughs> to find it now. Oh my God. I don't know if she tagged me in this or not, but um, oh, she whiz. Like seriously. Um, so basically, it was about the least interesting person in this documentary. Um, was the inspiration for the movie Scarface? Oh, where the most Tiger King, where the most normal person. On the show is a former drug kingpin who lightly brushes off an ATF agent being murdered on his property. And as crazy as that sounds, that is absolutely accurate. Wow. Like, he seemed the most normal, well-adjusted, like, made sense when he was speaking, his wife, all of that. Everybody else. Yeah, like, again, this man who was in federal prison for 12 years, when he should have been in prison a lot longer than that because he turned informant. But yeah, he was the model, the inspiration for the movie Scarface. Wow, that is crazy. Yeah, yeah. so um, there you go. So wow, was, so yeah. bizarre. It sounds just bizarre. So strange. So um, yeah, so check it out. Cause just for the very reason I need to discuss this with you. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I don't know. I'm scared. You should be a little scared, but you'll be okay. We'll get through this together. Um, so yeah, so Tiger King. So Andrea's gonna watch it. I don't know. We should do, Andrea? Mm. Now, once you see it, I think we should do like a little live, like a little Facebook thing and talk about it. And see if other people want to chime in. Mm. Yep, that's it. Okay, so by next Wednesday, let's get that done. I'm busy all watching right. Ozark. Okay, well, you need to take a break from all of your regularly scheduled hmm. TV. I'm saying, this, this is serious. This is our work. I don't think so. This is. This is part of our job. Andrea. I don't know that yeah. it is. As podcasters, don't wait till me everything. This is a part of our job. You have to do it. Anyway, right. so uh-huh. I'm going to hold her to it, ladies and gentlemen. She's not. All right. So I am. <laughs> Wait, tell me everything. Yes. So 
O M G, the Queen. God save the Queen. Uh. So yet another person who's come in contact with Queen Elizabeth has tested positive. Oh, her wrong. son and who else? Um. So yes, as as you mentioned, Prince Charles has tested positive, uh-huh. and he had just time with his mother not too long before his diagnosis because you know checks. Sure. Um, a royal footman who is in regular contact with the queen. Oh. Has- so um, they have whisked the queen and Prince Philip away to Windsor Castle. Um, they're hoping that that's a little safer environment for them. Um, and it's especially scary for Prince Philip, who is, I'm sorry, he's barely hanging on. He has a lot of serious <laughs> Is he barely so, hanging on? Seeing him, like, the pictures of him, like, the last pictures of him, like, it looks... No. He's, he's barely hanging on. So, um, and, you know, he's, like, you know, retired from, like, any public work, like, a couple of years ago. So, so, yeah, so this is a very precarious situation for him. So, yeah, they've moved them to Windsor Castle, and hopefully um, they can keep them quarantined and safe. Um, as for um, the footman, he is in isolation now. Well, yeah. He yeah. He should be. Um, think about that. How many people does he come in contact in a day? Just, you know, doing his thing. So, huh. Goodness. Wow. Well, Prince Philip is 98. I'm looking at his picture right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for 98, he, he looks well, like he looks a non ethnic 98. Yeah, I mean, he looks like a 98 year old for sure. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that is that. So, y'all say the queen. Don't, don't let this take the queen out. All right. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That is crazy. Um And then it was I Now where is what didn't they have Charles go off somewhere when he was first diagnosed? I don't know. I don't keep up with the whereabouts of number 2. Um I don't know where he is. I was just laughing cuz I was like you would think <laughs> It's not like Buckingham Palace is a small place. Like you would think that they could just like be in a different wing. Um, kind of, like they, I just I forget where it was that they had him go, but like they, it's like. But he doesn't live in Buckingham Palace. He lives <clears throat> um that other house with the sea. I can't remember hmm. where they first lived. When they got married, um, Elizabeth and Prince Philip. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where they live. So he doesn't even live in Buckingham Palace. So, but he visits his mama. Of course. That's yeah. his mother. Because you're a good, he's a good boy. He's a good boy. He's a good son. <laughs> he's a good son. Um, you have tea and drinks with your mama. Yeah. Um, okay. So, you know what? You know who gets talked about quite a lot because they're off. On this podcast, by me personally, one future. Yes, you do, today, you do. You do have a bone to pick with future. Because <laughs> I just, I don't like f boys. Like they, I don't like it. It's not nice. Um, it's not nice, and I'm about people being nice, um, even if that's is that what you're about. 
Yeah, I like, I like what we think. Um, <laughs> be nice. Be a good person. Be a good person. Uh, be a good person. Not, see, that's my thing. Because I have a coworker, and I tell her, I was like, you're not a nice person, but you're a good person. Okay. Yeah. And she was like, what? I was like, think about it. And she's like, well, I guess that's true. I was like, it is true. You're not a nice person at all, but you're a very you're a good person. <laughs> Just to, like, emphasize how much I really mean that you're not nice. (laughs) And she was like, you backhanded compliments. I was like, it wasn't a backhanded compliment. It was, like, truth speaking. So, like, I told another person, I was like, you're one of my colleagues. Like, you know, you're a very, you're, you are a very nice, kind person. And I was like, you, like, are genuinely, like, care about other people and like look out for them without anything in return I was like and especially with you know a lot of my colleagues that's not always how it is but I was like you're a nice person and I was like I just feel like I need to tell you that so yeah I don't give back yet a compliment to just tell you how I feel (laughs) wow when I'm led to tell you that you know how I am Andrea I've done the same thing to you so (laughs) Yeah, I'm just, you know, sitting back and listening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to myself, so yes. So anyway, Future, um, he has a foundation called the Free Wishes Foundation. And his foundation is teaming up with Atlanta Sewing Style to produce handcrafted face masks for doctors, nurses, and scientists working in hospitals um, and around COVID-19 patients. Mm-hmm. So. They'll have a team of 500 people dedicated to the task. Um, don't know how many masks they're going to be turning out, but this is something they said that they're going to um, focus on for the time being. So I thought that was great. I think the org is led by his sister. Mm-hmm. Oh, good job. See, I think it might have more to do with her than him. So good job. Sister. Wow. Wow. Uh, <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, lots of people have been coming through. Actually, my own very good friend. You remember my friend Ariella? Yeah, she made Pumpkin's beautiful picture quilt. Yes. That's right. And so, you know, and so as you're aware, she's a sewer, seamstress, crafty, overall crafty person. Um, and so she is making masks Masks for, she made some for her brother, who's a doctor, and she posted about that. And so I was like, hey, we could use some. So she made um, masks for all of us in our department, which we really appreciated um, because we're really trying to, you know, um, we have a lot of direct contact with patients, but we don't want to use um, any of the hospital issued PPE if we don't have to. Um, right. And so, um, so yeah, so we, she made us really cute masks for, and then um, I saw that. she's also making a bunch for um, like <clears throat> an animal hospital. Um, Cause they're like a friend of hers works at an animal hospital and they're trying to donate their PPE to like you know to an actual like you know a regular human hospital um but you know they still need masks so she's making them for them so she's replacing that their their um the their supply and um yeah so i think that's great i think anyone who's um who's helping in that effort is really great huh my sewing machine is in Atlanta in a storage unit right now. So, and I am not. 
Um, it's about two hours away from me. I'm not going to go get it, but I might just get a little, a little sewing thing because I'm like they're very easy to make. Mm-hmm. Be something that I can do with my time. Yeah, you you the have, girls can you have skills. Now the uh, patterns and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that is something on my to do list for next week. I'm gonna have to go get a little sewing machine. There you go. Yeah. Alrighty. So yeah. So good job, future. You did it. Sure. And then the other thing is, I know I saw an article about something similar last week uh, with Amazon, um, kind of asking, like they put money into a employee, um, kind of assistance fund. Okay, and they make um, it so that the public can donate to it, and so they got a lot of backlash for that. Um, backlash for allowing the public to donate. Yes, they're like, "You are the richest man in the world. Like, you just do it." And so that was that was a bit of some feedback. So, in similar form, Lady Gaga's father is being slammed too because he's basically started a GoFundMe. He's a restaurant owner. Uh-huh. Um, he owns Joanne Trattoria. Okay. Um, which was shut down and he laid off 30 of the workers there. Okay. And he started a GoFundMe on Friday to raise money to cover his staff's wages. Okay. Um, he was like, I'm doing the best I can, but we had to close Joanne for the month. Our staff needs some help financially. Any help for our employees would be appreciated. And so, of course, people are shaming him because he is a rather wealthy man, as well as his daughter, who co-owns the restaurant with him as well. Uh-huh. So, what are, you, what are your, your thoughts about that? In terms of at least some... Um, partial like maybe even like some people are doing like a couple of weeks they're paying their employees at least Mm -hmm. or yeah like generally like nope yeah I mean I guess if you're able to like I think it just depends from business to business right like right it's every business is running on you know whatever um, budget and surplus that they may or may not have. So some businesses, um, you know, if you're doing really well or you've been in business for a long time and you have that, you know, savings and like that kind of emergency fund uh, set aside as a surplus for your business, then uh, yeah, like this would be the time to kind of break into that emergency, you know, (laughs) fund. Like this is definitely an emergency, you know. and, um, but not all businesses have that. Um, right. And so I think that there is no like hard and fast rule. Like, sure, if you're able to, and you can afford to, um, I think there's a lot of things that you're taking into consideration, to, you know, that, you know, like, obviously HR, like the, like people's salaries are the biggest part of your budget. Um, but you know, if you deplete your emergency fund and something else happens, then, you know, what do you do then? You know, like, so mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot to consider. Like, I think people don't, I think people who don't have 
their own businesses or don't run a business often just think like, oh, well, you, you know, like, I don't know, you just don't have like a full picture of like how it is that people um, who are, who, you know, and I'm not talking about Jeff Bezos, obviously, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, like I, you know, so, and even like Lady Gaga's father, I mean, I don't know what his situation is, but um, yeah. yeah. He's wealthy now. He yeah. has money. He has, yeah. He yeah. has me. Yeah. So like, <clears throat> um, you know, and then it's like, how long is that sustainable? Like, do you do it for just the first two weeks? And then what, you know, like, I don't know. Um, I think if you can, and you know, like from a, like a, like a moral standpoint, at least like it's the right thing to do if you're able to, but I think that's not the case for a lot of businesses. Lots of businesses are, you know, they're kind of month to month or like, you know, huh? A lot of restaurants, they are like struggling. Restaurants are, I mean, I feel like restaurateurs, like that's the hardest business Mm-hmm. period um to to sustain in any kind of way so i think that that's um that's a tough one um like what he's doing is like it's it seems to be super i don't know like everything he's done but like super in contrast to what i've seen other restaurants doing which is like trying to try to do like you know, what they can, even if they're not as, you know, kind of successful as he has apparently been. Mm-hmm. Um, turning in, you know, because they have all this food or they have all these supplies coming in, mm-hmm. um, turning them into like food kits for people and selling those mm-hmm. or, you know, doing um, takeout or, you know, whatever. Like, just, I don't know. It just seems he yeah. also has some other issues that are going on. Okay. Um, he's, um, his other, he has a restaurant in Grand Central Terminal. Uh huh. And he's being evicted because he refuses to pay um, his rent, which is 200, was, is probably, is at now $260,000. He's refusing to pay because he claims that the homeless population are hurting his business. Interesting. So he's, like, so he's got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. I mean, questionable, just kind of issues all around. Um, <laughs> I don't yeah so I I don't know I mean it's it's it is it does sound crazy like it sounds like he's got some overall just kind of bad choices yeah, so bad choices that he's happening. making <laughs> um what, what is happening what's happening over there okay yeah. so yes yeah, it's that's... just strange but I do think yeah I've seen you know um one of our favorite places out here Tender Greens has been trying to be very creative you know in terms of how they um you know, so they're obviously, they've always offered pickup and delivery. So they're, you know, they've bumped that up, you know, because obviously their dining room is closed. Um, and they're, um, you know, they're, I get emails and little notifications from them all the time about like, you know, they, they've also put together grocery boxes with, you yeah. know, so like, I mean, people are, are being creative and then, yeah, yeah, there's like ways to do it. I mean, and even then, though, you're still not going to be able to keep everyone on staff. Like, you don't still don't need everybody who's normally there every day. Um, right. Even if you're, you know, if you've just like gone from like dining, uh, dining room and delivery to just delivery or just pickup, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard like this thing is hard for a lot of people because 
that, you know, the numbers and the budgets are not, you know, are, you know, like may be able to be generous for a little bit or not at all. And even then, at some point, that runs dry because <laughs> you're not bringing in the amount that you were. And some stuff, you know, um, it, unless there's like a freeze on rents, you know, like unless there's like a government issued some kind of, you know, like everything else would have to stop in order for it to not have a, the the full on negative effect. Like, you know, it's like okay, I'm not seeing that happening. No here like that where it's happening in other places but I think the only thing they've done here is well in Atlanta is freezed foreclosures evictions that's it sure yeah but yeah I mean that's 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 good I mean that's helpful you know that you're not going to lose your home um but you know like it's if unless you know unless there's an overhaul on the rent of some sort, then the restaurant still needs to pay for their space. Mm-hmm. You know, like that doesn't go away. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and if like if we lose our space, then you lose your job. Period. You right. know, so like I, you know, so like it's all like yeah, I'd love to pay for my employees. You know, to keep getting their paycheck. But the money has that's coming in is substantially cut, and the expenses really aren't so much, you know. So that at some point those numbers don't add up anymore, and you know what do you do then? So it's hard. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's hard out there. All of us we're just trying to try to figure it out. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. It's rough. <clears throat> so, are we ready to get personal? Yeah. Okay. Am I going first? Yes, I feel like I've been talking a lot. Um, okay, so I'm very excited about <laughs> this little project that I'm taking on, which is on top of my head, my hair. Um because I can't go get my hair done like I normally do on a weekly basis, me and all all our sisters um, <laughs> who get their hair done on the regular. Um, these services are on pause indefinitely, um, along with any number of like other luxuries like nails and I see um, any more nails needing a feel because that was me and I just finally had to take them off. Um, people showing their nails and how like oh lord <laughs> I was like jeez girl I'm so glad that because I was on a break from the nail salon you know because I always take a break like after the holidays I take off whatever polish was on and I kind of just you know because I usually get the gel manicures so you know I like to take a break every once in a while just to kind of like let my nails like you know recover and get get strong again and all that and so I was actually about to go back when all of this started um I was like okay I took you know January February um and March off so um or like you know I was like March I had said I was going to go back in March 
and I just hadn't gotten around to it yet. And I'm really glad I didn't because now, I, you know, like I'm just keeping my nails short and trimmed and color free. And I'm glad I didn't get gels again because they'd be growing out right now. So, um, so yeah, so I don't have to worry about my nails so much. Um, just kind of trying to, you know, maintain and just keep them like nice and trimmed. Um, but my hair, my hair girls. So I, um, my hairdresser, um, I stopped, um, she left, she put out on her porch for me, the shampoo and conditioner that she, she uses on me. Cause of course I don't even own shampoo and conditioner. <laughs> that is a shame. In <laughs> I don't like, I just, I never I don't do my own hair. I, you know, and it's like, and if I, you know, wear it curly when I'm on vacation, it's, you know, like I'm using the hotel shampoo or whatever, you know, like I don't worry about it. So I, I just, you know, I rarely don't have it straight. So, um, so yeah, so I was like, okay, let me, I like, I was like, you know, if I'm really going to wear it curly, like I need to like, you know, like it's, it's one thing when it's like, I decide like, for a weekend, I'm going to have it curly and sort of, sort of like whatever. Like, I don't really do too much. I don't put in the full effort around it. But I was like, if I'm like going to have to like wear it, wear it, I'm going to have to like really like make the effort. So I purchased, uh, thank you, Target, for the online uh, pickup and store option. It's the best thing, especially, it's always been a great thing, but it's especially great now because I'm not trying to hang out at the store any longer than I need to. So I got a new hairdryer with, uh, first of all, a hairdryer, because again, I don't own a hairdryer anymore, uh, but now I do. Um, so I got a new hairdryer with the diffuser on the end for curly hair. And I um, got a nice brand new, like thick tooth comb, you know, like with the wide gaps, you know, for curly hair, which is going to be great for the leave-in conditioner and all that. Um I've got a uh, nice little satin cap on on the way to sleep in, because usually I wrap my hair. Huh? You don't have a bonnet? No, because I wrap my hair with a hairnet at night. Um, oh. So I do wrap, but I don't. I don't. Um, you, you know, like I wrap it nice and like tight, and the hairnet keeps it in place. So I don't really need a bonnet with the hairnet, but I do need a bonnet for my curly hair because the net is not it's too big for the net to contain <laughs> oh girl so I'm so like I'm super excited like tonight this is the first, so I'm gonna you know wash tonight so Sunday night's gonna be my wash night I've decided and um I'm gonna wash condition twirl and then encase in a bonnet and in the morning I will dry with a diffuser and see how it looks and we're just gonna see how it goes <laughs> <laughs> okay we have similar days although without um not having shampoo um or any basic hair <laughs> I too was like oh my god I need to do something with my hair like I, you know, I was like, oh God, I haven't brushed my hair in like a week. Well, let me like wash it and brush it. Mm-hmm. Tangle it because, you know, the longer I wait, the more tangled I get and the more like hair that ends up coming out because I'm impatient and 
Yeah. Uh-huh. So I have this really great brush though that is totally made for my hair type. Nice. So it like moves with you. And I got it on Amazon. It's a great brush. Um so yeah, so I did that, brushed out my hair, put on the product, and also twisted my hair. So that is what I was like, Okay. I guess I'll take it down tomorrow before I get on one of my mini Zoom calls. Um but today I'm all twisted up so I'm very excited about that very yeah. nice yeah girl I mean like if this is you know this is the time you just got to break out your resources and having the right tools is all you know like that is like half the battle <laughs> it's like the right yeah. hair cream for whatever your hair needs the right brush or comb for whatever your hair type is you know if you once you have all the right stuff which i feel like i have all now and once my little bonnet arrives i'll be like set um yeah so it's it's half the battle so i'm very excited um the other thing that i'm excited about is that they just approved us um to change for a temporary change of the dress policy at work and we now get to wear scrubs Nice. I know. I feel like I'm back in Catholic school and I've got a, like a little uniform. I don't have to think about what I'm going to wear. Um, and that's the best part of this whole thing is that I get to, you know, I have like a little like, you know, set up thing. So um, and we're all just kind of relieved because we were all feeling like, OK, like, you know, because of um the exposure that we have to patients of all different, of all sorts at the hospital or whatever, you know, we were all just feeling like very exposed. Like it's one thing, you know, to have a mask on, a homemade mask on, because that we also are bringing home, washing every night and then starting fresh every day with that, you know, but our clothes, like it was kind of like, you know, you're like, we have our, we're basically business casual for the most part. So we have like nice clothes that we wear. That is not meant to be washed constantly, you know, um, or like every single day, you know. <laughs> so, um, so we were we were already sort of like hemming and hawing about that. So we're really relieved to know that we can now like wear some scrubs and have the you know this, that's what scrubs are for. They're meant to be washed every single day, or however yeah. often, like frequent washes, you know. Um, yeah, and my mom, you know, was like a nurse uh-huh. and like. Basically, every woman in my family was a nurse, and yeah, like scrubs are gross. Yeah, take them off when you get home. Yeah, well, actually, I'm going to be changing at work, so my plan is to like wear, you know, wear my fresh, freshly laundered scrubs out of the house in the morning to work, um, along with the shoes that I've decided are going to be. I'm going to. I still have my. I had bought a new pair of running shoes. Um, so, but my old pair, I still kind of just had. And so I was like, oh, these are perfect because I can wear them with my scrubs at the hospital and nowhere else. Like I already, I already have shoes that are only my hospital shoes that don't ever even come in the house. Like they stay in the car, you know? Um, so the, so this, the, my former pair of running shoes will now become my new work shoes for now and then when this whole thing passes I can just finally you know throw those out um so yeah so I'll have my work shoes and my work scrubs and then I'm just going to take like a duffel bag and a plastic bag with me a duffel bag with like a change of clothes just regular street clothes so that at the end of my shift I can like just go into the bathroom change out of my scrubs put all of that in the plastic bag 
put my regular clothes on and come home in that and then watch everything. Uh, I know, very exciting. So we're stoked about that. So that's, um, it's just a relief. Like I said, like we've just all been feeling a little like exposed and unprotected and whatever. So now we have this very nice, neat option um, and we're not bringing all the, all the cooties home with us. Um, so yeah, so those are some of the, so yeah, so I'm going to be like a whole new person. I have curly hair and scrubs and sneakers at work. Hardly recognizable. Awesome. So yeah, I, um, like I said, did my hair, um, staying in Zoom stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty much a lot of the same. Uh, one thing that I did do, um, again, the virtual happy hours, ours was super fun. Oh, we did have a really nice one last Monday. That was fun. And then one of my favorite things so far that I did yesterday and plan to do even more of in coming weeks while we're doing this, virtual game night. It was so fun. Oh, how was it? I couldn't come on because I had another Zoom meeting myself. Fun, fun, fun. And I knew it might have been hard for like the LA contingent because of just the time difference. Because I was like, I'm not doing this any like late. Went right to go to bed. Um, so yeah, but ended up just staying up to two o'clock in the morning watching Tiger King. So you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I did want to share. And I've kind of been like focused on this week. Um, yeah, me and Asia did a video about this. Released probably on Tuesday, but about a video about what you've dropped out. Um, Sia and I are going to do a. Um, we've already did it. We're going to release it probably on um, Tuesday. A video about like your energy plan, like in yeah energy plan, like just kind of maintaining your energy throughout all of this because people are kind of. The first week was just kind of me just trying to adjust. The second week was like a lot better. And I feel like, you know, my planning and stuff into next week week will make this a lot manageable for me. So um, the president, CEO of our company, president, whatever, mm-hmm. one of the founders, Gary Keller wrote this book, co-wrote this book called The Millionaire Real Estate Agent. Um, and part of one of the things that he has in there is this something called an energy plan. I posted a couple weeks ago, kind of based on entrepreneurs, but I like a lot of the stuff in that energy plans, five steps for like the entrepreneur, um, is very helpful to other people. So I just talked about like four of them and I okay. share this as well. If, you know, if people don't listen to our YouTube, like that's fine. Um, <laughs> but I just want to share it. So mm-hmm. it's like you kind of address all of these things before 11 o'clock in the morning to kind of give you enough energy so that you can go out and do the things that you need to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So one is spiritual energy, meaning that you're, um, you know, pray, you know, if that's what you do, meditate, but, you know, make sure that you first address that spiritual aspect of your life before you do anything else. So, Spiritual energy. The second one was physical energy. So that's exercising, moving your body, eating something that can also um, boost your energy levels. Um, emotional energy. So that, you know, hug, kiss, laugh, you know, those kind of things that kind of, you know, 
provide you with that emotional support. And it may mm-hmm. be difficult for people who live alone, but you know, the hugging and the kissing, but call somebody, have a little giggle or whatever you need to do. Like that works tremendously in like lifting your spirits. And then um, mental energy. And that was the one for me, like kind of planning things, calendaring things. So mm-hmm. Right now, like a lot of people don't even know what day it is. With eight right. <laughs> so just kind of like not, because when you don't do that, like if you don't have like even like a, a little bit of a plan, like mm-hmm. it's just so easy to just like move from day to day to day, sitting on the couch snacking doing this but like kind of you know like I've been very purposeful like especially this past week I get up at a certain time every day we there's this um call that one of the KW guys does and I thought they thought yeah I've been tuning in late at eight o'clock you know Uh like shower get dressed start listening to this call go make breakfast and then I sit down and start work do a little work Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know it's kind of like I have like a, like little steps that I do throughout the day okay. and so like that like really um, makes a difference so just you know everyone this is hard um, I it's not hard it's not that hard for me <laughs> I, you are an introvert I am, so I know that it's this is very hard for other people I know you know, people are very, are very much struggling. Like I had a coworker who he is struggling. Like a few of them, you know, cause like mm-hmm. agents, a lot of them are extroverts. So mm-hmm. They're struggling with the stay at home thing. Um, they're also, you know, like we're commission based. If you're not working, you're not going to get paid. So they're like, well, I need my bills got to get paid. My mortgage doesn't pay. Like I have to work. So you know, that's a tough one here, especially because at Georgia, we're considered essential. Mm-hmm. So people are still working. I was like, okay, still work, but, you know, if you absolutely have to, because right now I'm not doing any showings at all. Right. Um, like, if you absolutely have to, like, fine, do that, but please practice precautions and don't do things willy-nilly. Like, don't, you know, so just you know, plan, calendar, preserve your energy that will help make this process a little more bearable. So yeah. it's easy to get, you know, depressed and down, especially if you're a very social and extroverted person. Me, I'm like, how can I sustain all these electronic means of communication once this is all over with? Uh- <laughs> right, 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 right. Oh, I know. It's all great. Let's keep doing this. <laughs> why were we doing this all along so <laughs> yeah seriously no some of it is great um yeah I it's I I'm and like I said I've, and I've been saying like I'm very grateful like even though you know things at work feel like precarious at times and it's definitely stressful um I'm grateful that I have like a routine you know like my routine Monday through Friday is basically the same um and um and so I'm getting to like, I'm getting that like, you know, interaction and that outlet for like activity and, you know, whatever, like, so that even though like, like, but I basically like, I came home Friday and I've been home since Friday. <laughs> I've not gone anywhere. Um, and because um, again, like, I'm like, I, this is, you know, it's the, the directives are very clear. Like, 
don't you know it's whoever you live with well i don't live with anyone except for the dog and the cat so they're fully exposed to me but that's fine because they they can't get it um and then excuse me and then um and obviously i'm not going to have anyone over that would like not make any sense either and so um yeah and i i have i had groceries enough for the weekend so i didn't need to go to the store and actually have enough to like um to cook some for the week now like I really don't have anywhere I have to be so I've been here like the only thing I did was after work on Friday I picked up like I said the shampoo and conditioner from my hairdresser's house I told her put them out on the porch do not come out you know so I grabbed those off her porch and then I went to Target and I picked up um, my order that you know um, and that was the only other like outside interaction I had I got gas so that I wouldn't have to do it Monday morning and I came home and I've been home (laughs) it's you know I mean it's fine like it's not like ideal but I'm not but it's you know it's I'm making do and I definitely you know as as everyone has heard I am still working on my closet project so I've got like some stuff to do um and yeah like it's fine. It's, it's not, it's not that bad. And I am definitely more of an extrovert than an introvert. Um, you know, and I, like I said, I'm, I am glad for my daily routine staying very, very much the same, but so I could see how, if, if I had to stay home Monday through Friday, obviously it would be a lot more challenging for me is all I'm saying. Yeah, it would. (laughs) Poor thing. It would. It would be challenging, but you know, I'm like, I'm talking on the phone a lot more. Like, it feels like, like, I mean, it's not like, and then honestly, like, once I have like a really like lengthy phone conversation, like with you or with Annette or you know, whoever, like, I'm good, I'm like, okay, like, <laughs> you know, you just kind of need to hear someone else's voice and talk or whatever. Like, of course, I'd love to see people or be out somewhere or like whatever, but like, okay, you know. Um, yeah. And I've been doing doing my part to help stimulate the economy. Again, thankfully, right now I'm not like being. Um, I'm still getting paid regularly. Everything is the same, so I'm, you know, ordering things online and ordering like local takeout. Like I'm having like you know, delivery food delivery every now and then just from local places like Tender Greens, like I mentioned, just because I want to help them, give them some business. You know, like I'm. You know, so I'm mindful of that. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. Like, it's it's not ideal, um, but it's definitely bearable. I think one of the things that somebody posted was like, you know, th- this is hard, but like, you know, for most people, you're like getting to, like, you're staying home in a warm house with a roof over your head, food in your fridge, you know, like, it's time with your it's, family yeah spending time with your family like you know and for you know and for those who actually get to continue to work and just be able to work from home like sure it's definitely inconvenient but like you are doing it in like the most ideal setting and like there's a lot of people who don't have all of those options or you know any uh, you know so I just you know it's it's definitely a first world version of this, of this that could be so much worse. Um, so I feel like we are definitely in a count your blessings, uh, you know, territory here, um, as opposed to like complain about every single thing, you know? 
So. What was that? I said, absolutely, absolutely. Oh. So, yeah, stay safe out there. Mm-hmm. Until next time. Until next time, we have covered everything, but we will have more of everything next week. Yes, because we'll be talking about the tiger thing in between time. We're going to have some. Uh, maybe. Yes. And we're going to see, you get to see our hair. So we're going to try to. I get to see our hair. Yeah. <laughs> Mine's going to be very expensive, but okay. Um, I need a haircut. So let's see how this turns. Because you know what? When I brush my curls out, like it looks cute. And then I twist it up and it never looks the way they do it. Like it just never turns out. It's very hard to get the professional look when it's just you doing it your own head. I don't have the patience. No one's paying me to do it, but I should like want to do it because it's for me. It's my hair. Is, is that? I mean, I think it's partially it could be that, but also like I just think like your hairdresser is like standing over you, like seeing the view from you know like everyone else's perspective. Like, so it's so much easier too. Like just even just like the handle on it is so much better. Yeah, because me trying to do the back of my head, I don't right. Yeah, like it's just a whole other. <laughs> Sorry, people that have to look at the back of my head. So, um, which, is, <laughs> which thankfully isn't very many people. So, <laughs> yeah, not yeah. So just yeah, just change the perspective. Don't stand behind Kristen. Um, <laughs> no, I yeah. This should all be very interesting, but I'm like I'm hopeful that I can like get get good at my curly hair look because I'm and that's the, the other bummer thing is my my hairdresser and I were just about to do a haircut like we had a haircut on the in the hopper for the next time I saw her and that was like the Thursday night before our, la- our next appointment was when LA shut down and so I was like yeah you know we can't you know she was like I'm open if you want to come in and I was like nope don't you know, because I was like, don't get in trouble. Don't get a $1,000 fine on my account because I need a haircut, you know? <laughs> like, I was like, that's totally unnecessary. So, <clears throat> I, um, yeah. So, my hair is like, it was already, we were already at the point where it was like, oh, it's so long, we have to cut it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, we have to cut it. And now it's like, well, it's just going to keep getting longer and longer. <laughs> this like, is going to be interesting. pictures. Girl, my prom picture. How funny is that? That's so adorable. I was like, look at her. Oh my uh, goodness. Okay, I was like, we really do have to get off now because I smell um food. Oh. A big girl wanted pumpkin wanted to make empanadas. So she oh. is she made dough. And huh. now I guess they're making the filling now. She was resting the dough when I started, so um, they nice. The so I, delicious. Yeah, so let me go in there and see what's going on. So. Yeah, enjoy your uh, homemade empanadas. That is terrific. Thank you. All right, all right, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. Yes. Bye. Bye. Wait, Tell Me Everything is written and produced by Kristen and Andrea. Find all available listening platforms at anchor.fm forward slash wait, tell me everything. 
Subscribe, rate, and review to help us get the word out. And get social with us on our Facebook page or follow us on Twitter and IG at WaitTellMePod. Questions, feedback, or something you'd like us to tackle? Email us at WaitTellMeEverything at gmail.com.